Hey, who made you a disc jockey? Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. It's episode 167. Once again, in the great Hunter S. Thompson tradition, thrown together at the last minute under conditions of great personal stress, way past any deadline, certainly we set for ourselves or that anybody else would set for us, but by God, we're doing it because... We promised these scumbags a show. I think we're we're broadcasting from bat country. Just about. (laughs) It's one of the... I'm beginning to understand my father, and that frightens me terribly. (laughs) I remember being a teenager and coming home from wherever I was trying to get laid or get a girl to talk to me or point at it and laugh or something. And my dad will always be... It's an interesting fetish, by the way. It's I was willing to accept what I could get. It wasn't a <laughs> fetish. It was a lowering of standards ah. correctly. <laughs> Whenever I see pictures of myself from that uh, era. And yes, friend of the show, Trebuchet. <laughs> Texted me several this week, so um, us texted us. Yeah, several broadband that shit. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, but yes, I see those. I'm like, yeah, accepting what I could get was a wise choice I made early on. But you rock a bow tie, by the way. Oh, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but I would come home from wherever at you know whatever my curfew was, nine thirty or something, and, and my dad be asleep on the couch every night. I'm like, how can you do that? You've got freedom. I have to go to school tomorrow. No, you hit a certain age. Mm-hmm. You're beat to shit by the end of the day. I, I work in a code mine. I'm on my ass all day long. I do nothing. I, as a wiser man, I'm as soft as rotted fruit. <laughs> and by the end of the day, I'm barely functioning. <laughs> And it's the nature of my code mine is I can't get it all done during the week. So now on Saturdays for like four hours, I'm writing code. I know you get up early and stuff like it's a day. I want to get it out of the way because I'm getting drunk on Saturday. <laughs> That's one thing I still don't have in common with my father that I kept. That one's mine. I'm doing it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm right now on the other end of the equation. I come home beat to shit. I feel like I want to go to bed. And then I get a weird second wind, and then I'm up until 11. I, I wonder what, what causes that second wind. Where's my whiskey funnel? It <laughs> doesn't help. We've talked about the fist of whiskey. Yeah. Everyone knows <laughs> about help. the fist of whiskey. You're not fooling anybody. Yeah, but you know, I, I, it would be one thing if it then knocked me out. This morning, I was awake at 3.30 in the morning. Pink! <laughs> oh, thinking about work already. Okay. That's how this is going to go. Oh, I wonder where the cat is. <laughs> I think the fireplace is on. Yeah. Are we on fire? (laughs) Not yet. We got one of those good fireplaces that just turns on for us. 3.30 in the friggin' morning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I was dead. But here we are. We're doing the show at a weird date. And we will never stop doing the show. We're just doing it as often as we possibly can. And by God, we have a Star Wars The Last Jedi show set up. We do. With various guests. We'll talk about that a little later on. Yes. So that is all in the tank. There will be a fresh episode on Monday like we originally promised on a week-to-week basis. It's happening. Either way, we got a show today. Yes. We're doing it now. We meant to do it two weeks ago. What are we doing it about? Did you prepare the show? Did one of us prepare the show? Uh, I prepared the show, damn it. It's going to spring fully formed like Minerva from one of our heads. Uh, you were two-thirds right. The Minerva part, I think, is probably closer <laughs> to the truth. 
Yes, Crisis on Earth X, which was the big uh, DCW. I'm going to get that to stick somehow. Sure. Uh, the DCW <laughs> crossover between all four of their DC shows, uh, Supergirl, Arrow, Flash, and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, and somehow Parker knew that this was going to happen today. Because even though we had this ready to go other than energy levels for like the last two weeks, <laughs> today he puked. Yeah. <laughs> Historically, it's just the Marvel Netflix shows that make him York. He's, but, bran- he, he's branching out. But it was literally, I got home from work early today, which is why we're able to do the show. Yes. And I saw the cat on the landing. I'm like, buddy, I got to go upstairs and, and get my show notes. And he looked at me and horked all over the landing <laughs> immediately. It was, it was beautiful. It was... <laughs> It was it was television criticism at its most brutal and fine. Like Danny Rand looking on from a distance clapping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, buddy, we're not talking about Iron Fist. It's okay. <laughs> These are actually pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's been a day. Okay. <laughs> Let's put on a show, kids. <laughs> a big show. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um... Yeah, I mean, we are late on this. This aired November 27th and 28th. Uh, and the hell of it is, I don't think there's any plans to release this as like its own unit. Like I know. Its own movie on home video. They should. BitTorrent. You can probably get it on BitTorrent. Hulu, for, maybe. No, for a fact, you can get it on BitTorrent. Uh, <laughs> it might be on Hulu. <laughs> Actually, I think the CW has its own. As long as you can prove you have cable, yeah. uh, you can hook up to it. So, yes. so yeah, you can probably no, get it that way. No, it's true. They, You know how I know that? How do you know that? Because I have that app on my phone, and it, and you can Chromecast it to the TV. And I, I know that because I have it specifically for the Dynasty reboot. You are the worst kind of person. <laughs> I, I watch it when you're not home. <laughs> you watch it when I'm passed out. It's like you're not home. <laughs> uh, I question your commitment to Sparkle Motion. I don't. I'm watching the Dynasty reboot. It seems like exactly the kind of thing Sparkle Motion would watch. Uh. <laughs> Okay, where the hell were we? Team Crystal. So we're tiny about, no. Team Crystal, everybody. Uh, <laughs> who hurt you? Who made you? Seriously, to hell with Fallon. Team Crystal all over this. I'm enjoying the new Sammy Joe. I'll say that. <laughs> I'm also in this for Grant's show. I've been down for Grant's show since Melrose Place. <laughs> and, and I don't think that... I think his talents are often underestimated. Uh, he was the best po- part of Point Pleasant. Indeed. Was he? Yes. Point, point, part of what? He, it, that was a, a short-lived uh, Marty Noxon vehicle, <laughs> wherein uh, the Antichrist came to live in New Jersey. I know it's a shocking premise. I know. It's a, a premise based on a previously existing, well-known and popular <laughs> premise. Marty Noxon came up with this, you said. Yeah, yeah. I think she watched the Jersey Shore and said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You know what would make this better? Grant Show. And said no one ever. He he played the he played the devil. <laughs> and now he's on Dynasty and I watch it. There. That's all I have to say about that. Amanda everybody. Amanda. <laughs> okay. Showtime, a-holes. <laughs> Crisis on Earth X. Uh, um, we did want to talk about this even though it was a couple, a couple of weeks, weeks late ago. and we yeah. were very uh, psyched to talk about it at the time and then I believe I fell asleep. Uh, night after night after night, um, because it, it really is kind of a stark contrast to Justice League, which again I kind of liked. Uh, I think a little bit better than almost everybody in the world. I recognize it was extremely flawed, and the weird thing was watching this almost immediately afterwards. Yeah, really kind of made the Justice League flaws pop a little bit. Yeah, 
And I don't want to make this a compare and contrast. No, because uh, it'd be too easy. Uh, yeah, it's a, <laughs> there's a few points as I was putting together notes on the show where uh, I'll call out, okay, but and yet Justice League did this other thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just sort of have high-level areas of things I liked. Feel free, as we're going through, sure. Amanda, to intercut and remind me of things I've forgotten. Okay. Because yeah, I'm going from a viewing two weeks ago and a bunch of handwritten notes that smell remarkably like uh, whiskey. <laughs> Uh, shocked. Not sure how that happened. It's not from my fist of whiskey, is it? Oh, no. Get no. out of my whiskey. I have my own whiskey. <laughs> my whiskey's not hoity toity and peaty and smoky. It's, as I've said before, it tastes like punching a policeman and is reasonably, reasonably priced. Yeah. As long as you hold off that punching a policeman part, that's when the cost starts to really spike. Yeah. So, all right. So, should we jump into this? Yes. Okay. Sorry, I just had a I had a realization that on 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 Monday, uh, Keith Richards and I will be doing the same thing. Rails? No, drinking whiskey because it's our birthday. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't tell people your birthday on the internet. What the fuck is wrong with you? Amanda's eleven years old. People, <laughs> eleven years old. And it shows. And I'm announcing my candidacy for the United States. At what? Too soon? Yeah. Too soon? Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Showtime, a-holes. No, let's... Uh, Crisis on Earth X. <laughs> Crisis on Earth X. Uh, I'm going to start with the first thing that they showed on the show, and one of the things I was most impressed that they were actually willing to deal with and go there, because so few superhero stories are... Let's start with the Nazis. <clears throat> they started with the Nazis. I will start with the Nazis. Okay. Amanda's <laughs> looking at me like, where are you going with this? No, no, it's just... What what a year where you can start a sentence with I'm starting with the Nazis. <laughs> no, it's pretty common this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying what a year. Yeah, <laughs> at, at least here uh, there's uh, some story and uh, interesting entertainment behind it beyond just sadness and uh, a willingness to emigrate to whoever would take me as long as they don't ask for a physical or blood work. 2017, <laughs> hold my beer. <laughs> so Nazis, <laughs> Nazis, everybody. That's even too much applause. What? Uh, all right, so I was going to say, this crossover uh, was not like even most superhero comics or superhero movies in that it just it doesn't fuck around with the Nazis. Okay. Now, in Marvel, both in Marvel Comics and in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you've got Hydra. Yes. Which, let's face it, are Nazis. Nazis. But <laughs> they will bend over backwards to try to convince you that they're not. It's, oh, no, it's just some other organization. Because if they're really Nazis, then that means Marvel Comics spent most of this year ruining Captain America. Yeah. And if Marvel Comics spent most of this year ruining Captain America, then C.B. Sabolsky gets to be editor-in-chief. And considering he's the guy who greenlit Chris Cosentino, that celebrity chef's <laughs> god-awful fucking Wolverine comic, I'm really not sure yet how good a plan that is, but... What the hell? It's where we're at with Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Has he recovered from that whole I pretended to be a, a Japanese writer thing yet? Uh, I don't know. It's a, There's been enough bad news this year all across the board. Uh, yeah, I, I saw cultural appropriation. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm tuning out of this. He'll last or he won't. But we've survived a lot of weird editors-in-chief over the years. <laughs> I mean, if I made it through Bill Jameis... I could get through C.B. Sabolsky. It's going to be all right. I, to my knowledge, Dan DiDio has never pretended to be a, a, a Japanese writer. A, yes, know, for, but a, for all we complain about. Yes, but I'm sure there are stories out there. So if you have any about Dan DiDio, <laughs> email us at... Uh, Rob God. will send you his PGP. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
uh, hold on, uh, Windows. I started this computer three hours ago, so it would not, uh, it would not shit get in my way. <laughs> it would not get in my way with shit. And and it just popped up. Oh, we want to restart again, but this one I can put off. Okay. So uh, uh, let's see. I can't believe I have to fuck around with this thing. Uh, oh, Windows, why, why uh, must you blow goats? Seven forty-seven a.m. tomorrow. Fuck off tomorrow. <laughs> I hate this machine. I got to buy a new computer. I, I have to do it. We'll we'll get there. It's hey, a, Christmas is coming. There, yes, please, God. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Nazis, we're oh, back. Jesus, <laughs> this this show's canceled. <laughs> I'm beginning to wonder if we need some Adderall. <laughs> nope, I have a fine dogfish head, sixty minute IPA. Mm. Okay. I don't think they're going to sponsor me either. I don't think the fuck? so. I'll call it out. Okay. There are more beer companies who've gotten free plugs from us. <laughs> hey, Adderall. <laughs> Ritalin. Ritalin. <laughs> Ritalin, a fine drug. First seen by me in The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nazis. Yes. We're totally canceled. <laughs> but uh, all right. So with with everybody saying, oh, no, we want Nazi-like characters, but not Nazis. That would offend people. That would Crisis, the first fucking thing you see is swastikas. Yes. It's a, just a cityscape, a Blade Runner cityscape of buildings draped with... Every building's got a giant skyscraper to ground level swastika tapestry to the to the point where I really started thinking. I think the major economic force <laughs> of Earth X is swastika tapestries. It might be. It's the Bitcoin of Earth X. Oh, Jesus! Just people are <laughs> speculating on them and just buying them up like spastics. Well, they're not hoarding them. They're just they're displaying them. And don't you know that once you take them out of the case, they start to lose take value. Take them out of the mylar bag. <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible visual. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you took the swastika out of Mylar, you bastard. You should have buried it. <laughs> but for a comic book story, it works. I mean, because it's it's quick and easy shorthand. It's like, okay, not only are there bad guys here, they're all bad guys. They're just everywhere. Because it's simple. It's it's re- as as not simple as we want to make it in 2018. It's simple. Nazis are bad guys, mm. and if you see swastikas everywhere, that means it's all bad guys. Yes, it is a classic. Show me in two or three panels what I'm up against. It's classic. Crystal comic fucking clear. Yeah, and the show hits all the beats to show they're not fucking around. No, these aren't you know cute sci-fi. No, these are scumbag Nazis. Yes, There's swastikas and SS emblems and stormtroopers. You got a little French resistance with wind from Supergirl in charge for some reason, but still you've got it. And there's a fucking concentration camp. Yes. It's, it's, they it's, killed Jimmy Olsen out of the gate. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, they did. And not even in like that stupid way that they did in Batman versus. No, Superman. no. It- yeah, you killed Jimmy Olsen. That's the first fucking murder that happens, and that's before the first commercial it's like, break. It's like that awful trope, always be a brother gets it first. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that for the first time when I saw Mortal Kombat <laughs> in back of me. Yeah, that, you can make that argument, I suppose. But it's it works for Nazis. Yeah. Of course, you know, Jimmy Olsen is a person of color in Supergirl, so yeah, that would be somebody that the Nazis would go after. They go after the gay characters. It's these are fucking Nazis and they're awful. 
And it's great for a comic book story because that's a classic comic book villain. You can beat the shit out of a Nazi and it's awesome. Yes. It's fun to watch. And they they um, had no problem whatsoever with uh, punching a Nazi in the face or, or shooting a Nazi in the face. Many headshots were taken. Oh, yeah. Many. It, this is a superhero story where there is not a single superhero who doesn't flat out kill at least one Nazi. Mm. And at no point do you say, well, superheroes don't kill. It's okay in a superhero story to kill the Nazis. They're Nazis. They're, they're Nazis. They're, they're comic book cannon fodder. It's classic comic book yeah. stuff. It's To the point, they were so willing to go straight on, nope, these are Nazis and absolutely terrible swine. I started to think if... Uh, they weren't if Berlanti and company wasn't thinking about how the Superman radio drama in the 40s had Superman take on the KKK oh yeah and it was like 14 or 15 episodes of just saying oh here's everything that goes on behind the scenes and this is what these people are really like and it really decimated the clan's uh, membership drive they kind of fell apart afterwards yeah and uh, if there's ever been a time in my life where I'm okay with using superheroes to remind people that Nazis are bad. Yeah. This is probably a good time. I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't go out of my way to look at a lot of uh the the geek press once this came out. I saw that the reviews were generally favorable for the most part. Sure. But I do have to wonder, you know, how how did this play in Peoria? Like how did <laughs> like in in those small pockets of the world where where you worry about how things vote. Um <laughs> I, I, see, I don't care. <laughs> because this was not some kind of uh, cutesy, oh no, we're nationalist, we're not really that. It's a, no, these were Nazis. Yeah. And it showed you this is what Nazis really were. I mean, up to a point. Yes, it was a concentration camp, but it was a TV concentration yeah. camp. There, there, there was, it was, I don't want to say dumb. There was a firing squad. Uh, yeah. It's, you went there to get killed. Yeah. They and, didn't rub it in your and face. And they were very clear about who was being put in the camps. Exactly. So, yeah, it's uh, how can you worry about that? It's they're Nazis. Well, no, it's just spent a, five years at war. <laughs> no, what, what I'm saying is, is much like what you were talking about with the Superman versus the KKK. I'm I'm hoping in those pockets, some little kid watched this and is not going to go down the same path as parents may have. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering if that wasn't in everybody's mind. And if so, yeah, cool. At least somebody's doing it. Yeah, because you're not getting it. You know, in Secret Empire, for Christ's sake. Yes. And besides, even beyond any political point or anything, superheroes fighting Nazis is as golden age classic Mm -hmm. comic book as you can possibly get. Yes. I did some research. The best I can find, Superman first punch a Nazi in 1940. Nice. The first thing we ever see Captain America do ever as a thing beyond an idea in Kirby and Simon's head is punching Hitler. Superheroes fighting Nazis is good. It's right. And considering comic books are one of the few original art forms in this country, superheroes fighting Nazis is fucking American. It is. It is. <laughs> so it's just and the whole four episodes is just soaked in that. It's like, yeah, they're Nazis. These are absolutely terrible scumbag Nazis and superheroes are fighting them. And I felt like a kid at a spinner rack through the whole goddamn thing. It was yeah. awesome. No, we, we watched this twice. We, we yeah, <laughs> it was really a lot of fun. And they're still actually on the TiVo. We haven't deleted them yet. <laughs> oh, we may give it another blast through. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're on hiatus now, so we got to wait uh, three or four weeks to see John Constantine and DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, spoilers, but yeah. 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're spoiling this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Too late. Too late. Sorry, there are Nazis in the show about (laughs) superheroes fighting Nazis. You don't say. Uh, Rob, are there Nazis Nazis in this show? I've said it repeatedly, and now I feel shame. (laughs) Uh, The other just classic superhero thing is the wedding. Mm. (laughs) Look, I like The Flash. I've never been a fan of Iris Allen on that show. The actress, uh, Candace Patton, she tries hard. There's just something about that, how that character's written. It's just never worked for me. I could give two shits about Barry marrying Alice, but superheroes getting together for one of their own getting married, that's almost as classic yeah. a comic book story as fighting Nazis, for Christ's it's sake. It's true. That you've got Reed and Sue and Fantastic Four as a classic. Spider-Man marrying Jane, marrying Mary Jane at fucking Shea Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I know that was a publicity stunt that wasn't in the actual comic. The comic was kind of boring, so I latch onto the Shea Stadium one. Shea Stadium needed a win that year. Uh, 1987? No, they fucking didn't. Oh, you're right. <laughs> Fuck the Mets. <laughs> uh, I'd pour one out for Bill Buckner, but this is for me. <laughs> I actually own the uh, the marriage of of Jean Grey and Cyclops. I'm I, there. I said I said it out loud. Uh, all right, I've got it. <laughs> it's in it's in one of my long boxes somewhere. <laughs> well, it's a uh, the the news is that the Fox and Disney merger is actually going to happen. So maybe we'll actually see those in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hold on to it. It might be worth some dough. Yeah, they'll, and they'll they're, bring her back to life. They're they're also tenuously alleging that they could see more R-rated Marvel movies in their future. So. Awesome. Well, because the biggest concern was, okay, so what does that mean for Deadpool? <laughs> yeah, the mouse and Deadpool don't seem like a particularly good match, although yeah. the, the, in the comics, certainly he hasn't been dumbed down since Disney's own Marvel. Right. So, I, you know, they, they know where the money is, and they saw the bank that Logan made. So it would be dumb to say, no, no more, you know. Our movies. And <laughs> we'll get an R-rated Fantastic Four, and finally Banky from Mallrats will get his answer about the thing's wang. <laughs> I would pay good money for that. There you go. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, back to the, the actual <laughs> Earth-X. Not, no, we're past that. <laughs> Amanda's just shaking her head at me. Uh, the actual wedding scene uh, during the Supergirl episode... I mean, that was just pure fucking comics. Yeah. Um, nice cameo by William Cat as yeah, the priest who the, dies. The Flash got married by the greatest American hero. Who wasn't wearing his jammies that day. If he was, he wouldn't have died. That's right. He wouldn't have been murdered by Nazi Supergirl. <laughs> Somebody needed a cup of crank and to tell him. <laughs> I got to dig those DVDs out. I got that whole series on DVD. It's been a while since I watched it. Side note, William Cat is a cool dude. <laughs> Yeah, we met him at Comic-Con, uh, God. A bunch of years ago. Yeah, nine, eight, nine, ten years ago at this point. And it was at the very end of Comic-Con, and he was just wiped out mm-hmm. and breaking down his booth. And still, when I came, I felt terrible because he looked so tired. I'm like, it was my favorite show as a kid. He was pleasant and signed autographs and took a couple pictures. He's a good dude. You see him at a con, you go talk to him. It's, it's, it yes. was an awesome experience. But do not fatigue him. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Oh yeah. The moment because yeah, I was about four beers in when it was like, "That's a fucking greatest American hero." That's awesome. <laughs> oh shit, you killed him. <laughs> and that's 
another great shorthand. It's if, if you're Generation X and you see Nazi Supergirl kill the greatest American hero, you've picked a side, my friend. You have. You are for truth, justice, apple pie, and the American way. That's right. <laughs> you become Bill Maxwell. Yes. From the greatest American hero. Yes. Oh, God. And uh, the other thing, uh, there was that mysterious uh, female, young female character who's just so excited to be at the wedding. Yeah, you had a theory about that. Yeah, I guarantee. If that's not Barry and Iris's kid from the future, I'll pay you $50. Is it Impulse? Yankee. Do- uh, that was the other thing. That's, if she doesn't wind up being Impulse, uh, yeah. I'll make it $100. <laughs> just, she's there for no reason and far too excited about it and not on the bride or the groom's side. Yeah. That's another great moment. <laughs> That's the reason I will always like this man. I burn my family alive, and I like to light things on fire. What he you, was great in this. He was great through the whole <laughs> through the whole thing, and and we'll get to the Captain Cold reveal in a little bit. But, but like just you know, the the whole way through, he shows up at the at the church, and they ask him where he wants to sit, and he's all like, "Well, I've I've tried to kill the the, the groom a couple of times. I should sit on the bride's <laughs> side." And they, they seat him next to the police captain. And he sits down. And they're like, hi, who are you? I hate cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, nice to meet you. <laughs> like, yeah, even if the rest of these shows were awful, and God knows they're not. I love all four of these shows. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow with a... God, what's the name of the actor? I can't even think of it. Wentworth Miller is Captain Cold. Mm, Dominic something. Yeah. Uh We'll uh, look it up. It'll be in the show notes, maybe. No, well, I'll forget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna something. He's worth it. He just choose the scenery at the perfect moment at just the right way. Uh, and, and yeah, at the end of it all, there's this massive battle with the Nazis. Again, superheroes fighting Nazis is mm-hmm. just, that's part of comics. It's just perfect. But at the end of it, it's, oh, Jesus, they've done something to make a building collapse. And everybody breaks off from the battle to rescue people from the building. And that's just good, smart comic book writing. Yeah. It's, it's fun to f- watch people fight Nazis. Excuse me. Poured that beard on my head real quick. It's <laughs> fun to watch people fight Nazis. But good old-fashioned building rescue by superheroes, that's also classic. It's sure. a solid way to show the protagonist just being goddamn heroes. Yeah. Regardless of who the bad guy is. So, of course, that said, one of the notes I took while I was watching the show read, there's not a force on Earth that will make me want good things to happen to Iris Allen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've, you've already explained she just doesn't do it for you. But it seems like she's going to be around at least long enough, possibly, for for a child to happen. Withstand the Dio's fall. Uh, yeah, I suppose. And I'm, I'm kind of psyched with, again, Flash has always been a show that is not coy about, all right, it's a speedster who can travel through time. Yeah. Let's just fuck around with it and do big stories with it. And that's fun. Yeah. They, they've got their own rules around time travel and, and they sort of evolve and, uh, oh, here's another spoiler. Uh, Edward Thawne, or Aobard Thawne is back. Yeah. As a reverse Flash. Yeah, with the guy who plays uh, Professor Wells. Wells. Yeah. So it's the old face on him, which is fun again. Yeah. <laughs> You'd think I watch these shows all the time. You'd think I'd remember who the goddamn actors are. It's the brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pause for drink. Pause for drink. And it was, I think, one of the strengths of this, and I, and I feel they also had a, a pretty good run with this in the last one, although this was more successful, despite having, I don't want to say literally a cast of thousands, but a, a fairly 
sprawling ensemble. Yeah. They did a nice job giving everybody enough time that it was worth their while to be in the story. At least all of the A-list characters. Yeah. Just about everybody showed up, but Yeah, Mr. Uh, Terrific didn't need, you know, more than a couple of lines, and that's yeah, all he got. So. Yeah. Uh, Wild Dog, I don't think, <laughs> showed his face or spoke a word. No, he was there somewhere. He was there, yeah, but I don't think he did anything but shoot Nazis. <laughs> and hey, good on him. Exactly. <laughs> if there's anything that we've pointed out as being a good thing in this show, <laughs> punching Nazis. Uh, it's comic books, baby. <laughs> That's what you do. <laughs> um, and, and also some unexpected cameos. Tommy Merlin came back. Yeah, that was surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I think because Barrowman ha- had other commitments. <laughs> yeah, I was. I I think we went on IMDb to be like, is he doing something else? Uh, no, we didn't find him anywhere. But, yeah, but yeah, it's a a good callback, and uh, yeah, with our there were one or two other cameos. I forget who. I mean, Captain Cold's the big one, but again, we'll yeah. We'll get oh, to that. Um, well, uh, yeah, we'll get to that because the other big reveal happens with Captain Cold, and we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yes. Um. So, <laughs> of course, that's a scene. We also got Metallo. who who, i don't know if you all read penny arcade uh came across to me like the fruit fucker 4000 or 5000 fruit fucker 2000 yeah yeah. just jerking and clanking and his hips jerking back but with this like wide open o face (laughs) (laughs) like metallo's o face is really right down metallo's o face that's (laughs) That's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> I, I couldn't unsee it once I saw it. <laughs> I paused it as it went into commercial. I'm like, look, it's the fruit fucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Want some cranberry sauce? Metallo's <laughs> O-Face. Oh, that's a type of quality entertainment you can expect from the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast, where our motto is... We promise these scumbags a show. Uh, I've been waiting two weeks to tell that joke. Oh, two weeks. God. <laughs> look, to be uh, the hazards of doing a big superhero crossover story like this on a TV show budget is... Yeah, the CGI is not going to be fucking James Cameron level. No. I, I get that. You can see where they tried to save money. I mean, no human being would have their wedding at the local fucking coffee shop <laughs> if there weren't a production director trying to save a few bucks on a new set. To be fair, that was the rehearsal dinner. They had the wedding in a church. Oh, that was a rehearsal dinner? Yeah. So where did the greatest American hero die? In a I church. This, oh, that sucks. I had this picture in my head of this <laughs> this poor priest being dragged to a, to a fucking coffee shop. It's like, really? Hipster scumbags? Then he gets murdered by super by Nazi super To be fair, they kind of fuck up the church. Like, I, I hope they have money that they can donate because they, they blow out a whole giant stained glass window. People get thrown <laughs> through walls. It's, well, it's, well, it's now when we were first watching it, it's like, okay, as soon as the Nazis attack, everybody breaks secret identity and just goes to war. Yes, but did you see the, the conceit for how they fixed that? Yeah, they... Uh, Had the men in black pen? <laughs> yeah, so that's the beauty of it. Everybody's going to show up at church going, Vandals! Nobody remembers what happened! Where's the priest? <laughs> Father? <laughs> Dust blows <laughs> through a sunbeam through the broken window. You call somebody. <laughs> we should get some superheroes on the case here. Seems Don't to have been do a break-in. Don't do it! <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so, all right. So, our, I forgot about the church. Yeah, and Metallo's O-Face. <laughs> <laughs> 
this this show in my life brought to you by Dogfish Head, <laughs> sixty minute IPA. <laughs> but it's it's the same thing that they made the Resistance uh, headquarters, the Arrow Cave. It's yeah. you got to save a few bucks here and there. I, I get that, and it's for the most part it didn't jump out. There's a couple. Well, uh, Metallo's oh, he's jumped out. <laughs> It will haunt you in, in your way. dreams now. I will wake up screaming tomorrow. <laughs> but this is the first point I'll say with all this big stuff going on, compare all that to Justice League. You know, where everybody gets together to fight a bad guy nobody's ever fucking heard of. Yeah. And that guy wants People to... People have at least heard of Metallo. <laughs> <laughs> they've heard of... They've heard of Nazis. <laughs> that too. I feel pretty confident in saying that. <laughs> You're right. All right, Metallo. But fine, Metallo is the Steppenwolf of Crisis on Earth X. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, Steppenwolf, he's attacking the Earth for reasons, some made-up bullshit. Uh, if I could just find some boxes, I call them Mother. Okay, <laughs> sure. The most, no issues there, none. Right, they're, they're, they're the most important artifacts in the world, and Batman just left one on the hood of his car while he was off doing other shit. I mean, I'd look... Steppenwolf has no better reason for attacking Earth than the Nazi superheroes in this do. Now, Steppenwolf is like, I'm attacking because I got my ass kicked last time. And I want to expand my empire. The Nazis are are attacking because they want to expand their empire. Well, it's uh, no, the MacGuffin is we need Supergirl's heart. Yeah. Which didn't even really need to be there except to sort of give... You know, some extra. You got to fill three hours. Well, and also they had to to find a way to depower Supergirl for a while because it's, it's that whole thing where the most powerful character that you have could probably clear this up in about ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's the funny thing. The first superhero, uh, the first Superman fighting Nazi story I found was, uh, and I don't know if this is really the first. It's the first one I was able to find from Look Magazine in 1940. And it was a special commission from uh, Siegel and Schuster mm. from Look Magazine to show how Superman would deal with the Nazis. And he ended the war in two pages and had Hitler in the hog answering for war crimes by the end of like 15 panels. Because, yeah. yeah, Superman. Yeah. So, He's on this. He, he <laughs> He's so, got an agenda. He's got other things to do. <laughs> yeah. So it's, but it's, it's also like in, in the original X-Men movies. All right. We've got to get Professor X off the board right. because he can do anything. Yeah. And they, they demonstrated in the first episode that good Kara is somewhat more powerful than bad Kara because she had the Hulk clap that depowered yeah. the evil Supergirl. Yep. <laughs> and you knew she was evil because she was wearing the red lipstick instead of the natural lipstick. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is clearly a sign of, of evilness because you shouldn't have worn that. <laughs> it's a. Uh, the one thing I'll give. Uh, who plays Supergirl? Melissa Benoist? Yes. Uh, the one thing I'll give her the most credit for on this was of any of the people playing two different characters, she legitimately had two separate, obviously separate performances as yes. Supergirl and Nazi Supergirl. Yeah, and, and it made sense to me because. The super characters, Superman, Supergirl, are all about um, nature versus nurture. And, and they demonstrate that where, when you end up in a particular place, they imprint hard on, yeah. on, on the parents that are raising them and the, the town in which they're growing up. The Elseworld story, Superman, Red Sun. Yeah, is, exactly is what I was thinking. An example of that. But it makes the most sense for, for Nazi Kara to imprint extra hard because out of all of the characters that are living in Earth X, 
she's Kryptonian. And we've seen time and time again <laughs> on these shows that there's a, a segment of, of Kryptonians that are fascist militant jerks. General Zod. Yeah. <laughs> like all of the all of the bad guys in Supergirl season one that were from Krypton. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. So it, it makes perfect sense to, to have her be almost yeah. in charge. The general. Oh, shit, General, General Zod. I yep. just picked up on that. Because I did not go to a good college <laughs> and I drank while I was there. <laughs> I will say the one thing that I had a question about and I I don't I, I can come up with reasons for how it could have happened, but um Oliver had a kryptonite arrow, and it's supposed to be analogous to okay, if Batman was in the mix here, he would have things on hand that would take out each of the other superpowered oh, yeah, the, characters. The old, that's what he does. The old Tower of Babel story yeah. from a JLA, I think Greg Rucka. Yeah. So Oliver has a kryptonite arrow. On his Earth, there are no Supergirl or Superman. Presumably, those asteroids from Krypton never fell to Earth, and that is what crypt- kryptonite is. How do you get the kryptonite? Yeah, uh, that was kind of a hole. I sort of was willing to take on faith that, fine, on the Arrow universe versus the Supergirl universe... Yeah, th- these analogs were still there. It's it's kind of a bummer if you think about it. I'm willing to accept that on Arrow slash Flash universe that Krypton exploded and ev- it went down with all hands. Yeah, Kal El never got off the planet. It's possible. I, my my alternate theory was that at some point he asked one of the Breacher type characters, um, Cisco, maybe. You know, yeah. while you're out in your travels, or could you ask your Harrison, who goes to this other Earth, if he could bring back? How desperate do you have to be to say, I need your help, vibe? <laughs> help me, vibe. You're my only hope, vibe. Hey, uh, vibe. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> my name is Hiro Nakamura. I'm from the future, and I have a message for you. Vibe sucks. <laughs> Um. <laughs> See, that's what vibe does. Just sucks just the air sucks out of the room. Sucks the life right out of it. <laughs> Except that I like Cisco. I just feel bad that he has to be vibe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, uh, all right. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the concentration. I don't want to do too much uh, okay. uh, about it, but you know, uh, let's remember that this teen drama crossover on network television had the balls to show us that, oh yeah, the Nazis, those guys who were marching in the, you know, those guys had concentration camps where they would put people they found undesirable yes. and fucking kill them. Yes. Indiana Jones didn't go that dark. And no. he punched almost as many Nazis as Captain America. And that takes some goddamn stones. Yeah. That's almost all I want to say about it. But it was, I remember being not shocked, but it's like, I, I impressed that they were willing to go at least that far and certainly it was okay this is a tv concentration camp but still (laughs) it's that took a lot of balls yeah no and i think it was necessary to show because if if you're gonna go so far as to be like you know we're we're we're, we are owning that these are nazis and they said shit like hail victory and (laughs) oh my god to the point where supergirl at one point was the fuhrer was weak yeah (laughs) to, to indicate we're worse than hitler yeah (laughs) <laughs> they went there. You know, you, you hear on the internet, you're worse than Hitler. They actually went there. They went there. 
Uh, but so in addition to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to show that Nazis are bad and they should be punched in the face. And here's why. Yeah. <laughs> and they show you the concentration camp. Yeah, it, absolutely. And, 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 and it had like work will make you free and all the other crap from Auschwitz. It was, blah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it took a lot of courage to be like, all right, we're, we're talking about Nazis. Nazis are in the news. This is kind of what Nazis were about. It's, yeah. It's not a, a cool edgelord bullshit no. thing to do. No. So I, I give them a lot of credit for that. To ma- bring it back toward the lighter side, away from the Nazis, this was also where we started to get even more classic comic book and sci-fi tropes to make it more just a big old-fashioned comic story. If you got a mirror universe where the good guys are bad, then you're going to have bad guys that are good. Yeah, a little, and- little Earth 3 action here. <laughs> <laughs> Earth X Captain Cold is fucking awesome. It's glorious. <laughs> and now he's in our universe. <laughs> yep. It's it, <laughs> you said as we were watching it, this is the first time they've had Captain Cold in full quote unquote Captain Cold drag. Yeah. He had the slit glasses and he the had fur the, he had the hoodie up. Yeah. Yep. It was <laughs> and he was as gay as the day is long and optimistic and had a great heart and just loved everyone and it was fucking glorious it's hard to have a flat affect and be that chipper at the same time but he did it i don't know how wentworth miller did it he clearly was having a drugs blast. <laughs> he was he was he was using fine uh dogfish head 60 minute ipa they say you need to drink it for 60 minutes that's not true you don't need to do it take that long <laughs> they really give you drinking instructions that seems a little pretentious <laughs> it's in the name oh <laughs> I thought it meant that they made it in 60 minutes. I don't know. Oh, no. That's the cheap shit that I'll get <laughs> after I go broke. This is not cheap. But, uh, and, yeah, it was just uh, just off kilter from the sort of classic flat affect Captain Cold that he does in the standard Flash show. Yeah. But it was just so much fun to watch. And he was clearly having so much fun doing it. And his interplay with Heatwave was fucking gold. Oh, my God. And it, and it spills into the following week's episode, for those of you that follow DC Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Heatwave is really uncomfortable with gay Captain Cold. But it's not because he's gay, it's because he... He's he, good. He's good. <laughs> and and, he, and he, Captain Cold tells him this story about how, he, how his analogous character died on Earth X, and it was saving policemen. <laughs> saving policemen from a fire, and Mick says, I died saving pigs? I'm gonna be sick. <laughs> It's just he's just clearly uncomfortable with this this good turn. Yeah, it was, it was just so much fun to fucking watch. It's, and, and in a similar vein, uh, Paul Blackthorne as the evil version of Captain Lance. Yeah, clearly having a ball. He chewed, chewed that the scenery. scenery. He was he's like the Republic serial villain of evil. Yeah, just a, straight out of a silent film. He did everything but twirl his mustache. Yeah, if if somebody needs like a grand moff. Tarkin Jr. somewhere, you know, in, in the new Star Wars. Oh, no, we're going to CGI that, apparently. <laughs> oh, <laughs> junior, I said junior. <laughs> junior. Junior. <laughs> Actually, I mean, junior. Oh. oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. You should feel badly about that. <laughs> but it's... All right, so again... Go back to Justice League, which tried very hard and made very specific moves. Not just Justice League, but all the uh, 
all the Zack Snyder uh, DC Extended Universe movies tried very hard to be dark. That's what they were about. They were dark, serious movies. Yes. That would go places like that. And uh, you know, the dark parts of those movies could be kind of relentless. Yes. I, again, I'm, I'm a defender of those movies up to a point, but they tried really hard to be... Oh, the opening montage of the new... like. Justice League movie. I, I seriously, I wanted to cut myself by the end of it. Homeless guy. I tried with the sign. And I just come uh, on now. Yeah, I'm gonna fast forward. <laughs> it's it's probably the best film. Zack Snyder does great opening montages. Uh, yes. The one from Watchmen. No matter what you think about that movie, I don't know a person who doesn't think that first opening montage after the comedians murdered is not classic. It's like, yep, that's that feels right. Even if you hate the rest of the movie, which yeah. I don't. I I enjoy that movie. Yeah, and even the one in uh, Batman versus Superman where we all get to relive the horror of Bruce watching his parents die and the pearls, oh, the pearls as they <laughs> clatter on the sidewalk. Martha! Martha! <laughs> but it's shot beautifully. It, it is. He does that great. It's, yeah, I still won't watch that in Justice League. It's like, ugh, don't worry, Superman's coming back to life and <laughs> he'll be pissed for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh... But yeah, it's you, you look at that intended darkness to the point where in Batman versus Superman, they sort of had a concentration camp. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the nightmare thing of Batman fighting, Batman in a trench coat. Right. You know, fighting all the parademons and Superman killing a whole bunch of people with his heat vision. But the difference between Crisis on Earth X mm. and that is, in Batman versus Superman, that was ridiculous. As much as I will defend that movie up to a certain point, that's the worst scene in the fucking movie. It is. It has a tenth of the actual power of Captain Lance saying that he killed his daughter for being gay. Yeah. Yeah, and there was more fucking homoeroticism with Superman torturing Batman. It's as homoerotic as you can get outside of Slash Fic, and all it did was stop the movie dead. Yeah. But in Crisis, there's an action, there's a gay Captain Cold, and it's awesome, and it's fucking fun. Yes. And it, it's, it's a spot of hope in this horrible, relentless place. It's a, no, life still means something, and who you are still means something, and it's worth fighting for and defending. Yes. <laughs> and it's just the, the contrast between it. It's... Well, because they, they showed the darkness in a way that grounded it to reality and and explained this is what we're fighting for. This is this is why we need these heroes. Yeah, it's I think it's as simple as in Batman versus Superman, the superheroes were it and here they were fighting it. Yes. And, and even though Batman was fighting, yes, okay, Batman's fighting by murdering people. <laughs> and it's but even even then, it's yeah, we said people got there wasn't a Nazi there wasn't a superhero who didn't kill a Nazi in Crisis on Earth X, but it's okay. There were Nazis. They're Nazis. That's, that's all right. Not a problem. Ah, oh, got myself all worked up. You did. I think I need to calm down with another fine 60-minute IPA. Yeah, this is going to work out swimmingly. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this is why I got off regular radio. They frown on this. Do they? Apparently, they don't like you to do this. Really? They find it weird and unprofessional. Unprofessional. Very, very terrifying. In the rock and roll business. Exactly. To drink yeah. on the job. Okay. Yeah. I'm an <laughs> alcoholic. <laughs> I told him in the interview. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty clear. Ah, <laughs> oh, all right. I do want to talk a little bit about Firestorm. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Spoilers and heartbreak. Yeah. It's for all the Sturm and Drang and Justice League. 
Nobody, I don't think anybody watching that movie thought anybody was in any actual danger. No, because, you know, the heroes will win. It's, they'll, they'll overcome great odds. And... Yeah, I mean, look, when even Jason Momoa is in post-production on a solo movie, look, if you can't believe in a Justice League movie that fucking Aquaman is in any danger because of his other movie deals, then nobody's in danger. You yeah. know everybody's going to get through it. There's no stakes here, really. They can be fun to watch, and you can like the interplay and like the action scenes, but... So for in this particular case, it's all right. So we've we've got Firestorm, and we know that um, Jackson and um, Gray and his actual name is escaping me for the Victor Stein. Uh, yes, <laughs> are are sort of at at tense odds because Victor wants to go back to his life and be with the uh, the grand uh, the daughter that came out of nowhere because she is sort of a time mistake. Uh, yeah, a time paradox. Paradox, thank you. Some, I'm not even drinking Somewhere at the Peter Capaldi is trying to figure out how to have her killed without having <laughs> to use a gun. Yeah. And now there's, now now the paradox has had a grandchild. I can't imagine that this isn't fucking up like something in the world. There, <laughs> I'm wondering if that didn't create the DC Extended Universe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You let the paradox live and this, this is why... <laughs> Aquaman. <laughs> this is why Aquaman is a dude, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, anyway. So, in any event, the uh, so there's that going on. And, and Victor, in a weird turn, because he was doing a lot better at sort of understanding people and relating to other human beings. Yeah, it took a while, but he was. Uh, decides that the best way to help Jax is if he if he creates a, a serum to help give him some kind of superpowers, so he'll feel like he he has a reason to stay on with the legends. Okay, okay. <laughs> he can't just be awesome and stay on with the legends. I mean, he he keeps that that ship alive. Oh yeah, and it's the funny thing is the powers they gave him were Spider Man's sort of and made them sound so utterly ridiculous. Yeah, you'll stick to things. Okay. Really. <laughs> will I have spider sense? No, but you'll stick to things. Will Will I have super strength? No, but you'll stick to yeah. things. And you won't be able to fire webs from between your metacarpals. <laughs> no, and the next time you go to like touch yourself, you're fucked. But you know, you'll stick to things. <laughs> I'm a little bored. Oh God! <laughs> Consult your doctor if this lasts for more than four hours. Uh, so, understandably, there the, there was a bit more of a tiff. But they were beginning to work it out. And then they go into the Nazi compound. And then Victor gets shot. Yeah. It, it, look, I'm an old fan of Firestorm. I think I read it from issue two when I was a kid. I don't have those issues anymore. Mom throwing them out when we're moving, thanks. <laughs> Not that they're worth anything, even though he's on TV. Well, no longer. But uh, for for Generation X comic fans of like a certain age firestorm and Nova were like sort of our two. Oh, these could be our, and then they went away. They, yeah, you know, they're still niche characters that people like, but yeah, I got a soft spot for them. And while I was never the hugest fan of how they portrayed them on the TV show, and it's another, they had no money, right? You know, firestorm's powers are the power of unto a God. You can transmute, matter into different forms. Yeah, and they were just beginning to kind of explore that a little bit, and then they realized that cost a lot of money. Yeah, so it's a, he would fly and blast stuff and kind of look cool yeah. without the puffy sleeves, which are key. The puffy sleeves are crude. Hollywood, 
The puffy sleeves on Firestorm are important. I don't know why, but it's, it's the Joss, look, man. Dear Joss Whedon, when you finally get around to including Firestorm in your DC Cinematic Extended Universe, make sure that we have the puffy sleeves because we want this character to be the Seinfeld of the DCEU. <laughs> no, taking a step back, these things matter. It's Remember the Nicolas Cage... Superman movie. Remember those shots of him in like a black costume? Oh, it's yeah, it's been universally panned. It's awful. Yeah, it's a how it looks matters. And they did a decent job on Legends of Tomorrow making it look pretty good, but it's a classic yeah, but, look for a fucking reason, man. Okay, but at the same time, there were some classic looks for characters like, I don't know, remember Nightwing's disco outfit in Teen Titans? That went away. Well, uh, all right, that's, <laughs> at least it's not Jericho's do, Yeah, I was going to say, do you want me to invoke Jericho? Oh, I will. Fucking Jericho. Fucking Jericho in the old costume was in last week's Deathstroke by Priest. <laughs> Fuck Jericho. <laughs> all right. Terry doesn't wear awful blue eyeshadow anymore either. Like the, Things evolve. Well, and that's why I wake up screaming at night. <laughs> it's, uh, all right, things evolve. I get it, but. Just saying. Look, this is a comic book spot, comics book. This is really good beer, man. (laughs) This is a comic book podcast. If if at some point across a certain number of episodes, somebody doesn't say it was better the way it was in the comics, it's not real. I'm just choosing to disagree with you about puffy sleeves. Oh, I wish I was dead. All right. You're wrong, but okay. I'm not. I am not wrong. (laughs) Listeners. (laughs) <laughs> right in. Am I right? I'm right. You know I'm right. All right. Regardless of the puffy sleeve, the way everybody played it, yes, it, it was a legitimate tragedy within the scope of this story. And uh, like I said, while I was never the hugest fan of the TV versions, the, the way uh, the actors, Victor Garber and I think Franz Drama. Okay. Uh, I think. Uh, they Is that always, the name his moms gave him? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but they always had good chemistry. They always had good interplay. Uh, so and they sold the hell out of the death scene, yeah. And uh, Franz sold the hell out of the aftermath of telling. Oh uh, God, yeah. Telling Stein's wife. So it, look, part of me gets it. These shows have limited budgets. Financially, you bring in the Ray, you know, a character with similar powers. Wait, so did we even have, talk about the Ray already? We have not. So okay. Please feel free. Let's talk the Ray. Yeah. So all right. At this point, clearly, what's happening here, or what will become obvious, is happening here is they're clearing room for having Wentworth Worth Miller back in a limited capacity with his boyfriend, the Ray. Yes. Who is a character that was introduced by Jimmy Palmiotti? Is that? Uh, is that who that was? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and he had a new number one in Rebirth a little while back, or at least it was back matter or something. I think. Uh, no, it was a it was a Justice League of America okay. branded one off. One off, okay. Yes. And and so this is a character that they're they're trying to make happen. They did a nice job, I think, in the Rebirth version, bringing this character uh, yeah, into the it, into the world. It's been a solid character in Justice League of America. Was it Steve Orlando is yes. the writer? It's yes. a, that has been an undersung book. We should they, we should talk about that at some point. Yes, that's the one Lobo's in. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> the good Lobo, the real the good Lobo. Lobo, the real Lobo. <laughs> so anyway, not to interrupt. So you know, all right, we have this big reveal, and that was a cool reveal. Yeah, it was. You know, when when it turned out that this character was the Ray as they're escaping the camp, I'm like, all right, that's cool. But yeah, now that you have these folks back, you have to make room because you can only have so many people on on screen at any one time. Right. There's only so much money. Yeah. At, Plus, at a certain point. 
as we find out at the end of this whole miniseries, they're also bringing in Constantine for a limited amount of time. So again, you only have so much space for so many people. Yeah, the the Constantine reveal is outside the scope of Crisis on Earth X. It was in the uh, the next, next episode yeah. of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. God damn it, I'm psyched about that. Yes. It's, the Constantine series really got better in the back half of that first series. I, I really thought it should have gotten a second season to give it a real chance. And Matt Ryan has been so committed to that character. He did the voice in the Justice League Dark animated yep. series. That and we, I believe he's got a, um, a web series, too, on CWC Seed with, with the character. Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. Although, I, again, CW Seed, what is that? Is that a thing? If How I can't do I get Chromecast that? it to the TV, then it's useless to me. Exactly. It doesn't exist. So <laughs> Dynasty exists. But... Yes, if this brings him back... No, it doesn't. No, it fucking <laughs> Team <doesn't>. Crystal! <laughs> you want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. I've got nothing better to do. I just pressed a random button. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> but uh, He's so proud of himself. But, but yeah, seeing him back in live action, and if it's an overture to get him back as... You know, even if it's fine, you're part of Legends of Tomorrow... Uh, I'm psyched to see him back. Yes. It's it's outside of a Crisis on Earth X, true, but it's, true. it's cool to see it. It is cool. Um, so in any event, it that was a sad moment in in the show. And yeah, they, both actors sold the hell out of it, and it was tragic. Yeah, no, it was really well done, and, and everybody sold it. And yeah, it's I grew up with Firestorm. I always got a kick out of you know his... 15 frames of film before they found a way to knock them apart. Yeah. <laughs> Again, budgetary. Firestorm is hard to do on a budget, man. Yeah. I remember a story from back in 1989 when uh, Batman was the biggest movie in the world and they were trying to figure out, okay, can we do something on TV? And they wound up doing The Flash. But the first thing they looked at was Green Lantern mm-hmm. and they asked some effects house uh, and don't ask me where I read this or if any of these numbers are accurate, but they asked an effects house, what would it cost to do an episode of Green Lantern? They said, you want to do an hour with these special effects in 1990 with bar- barely any CGI with something like $40 million an episode or something. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, we'll just... We'll just go put John Wesley's ship in a puffy suit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you look back at yeah John Wesley's ship versus, okay, we got short Firestorm because it was expensive, but my God, you can get Firestorm in every episode every week. Yeah. God, I love the future. It's a fun place to be. It is. But I tell you, I'm psyched to see uh, <laughs> I'm psyched to see Constantine again. I'm psyched Wentworth Miller's sticking around for a little while. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's sort of, any other things I haven't hit that, that you want to bring up? Well, I think, I, again, I, I I think they did a nice job. Uh, the actors who had to play doppelganger versions of themselves, and it, it gave us a sense, actually, of for for those who were evil, like the Oliver character. This is how this character could be if they were pushed in a particular direction. So, in this particular universe, since he's sort of their their Batman, right? Like, this is how that mind could be a problem if something goes wrong. See, it's interesting because I was not that impressed with Stephen Amell's performance, but the more I think about it, I'm willing to give him the benefit of a certain amount of doubt. Maybe because I'm on my third dogfish head. <laughs> but uh, maybe his choice was, you know what? He would not, in the same way Melissa Benoist was, where they're really two very different people. It's like, maybe the the person who was the hood, yeah, who survived on that island and with the Russian mafia, maybe he's not that different 
from this version who is a fascist. Yeah. Maybe it was a conscious choice. It's like, I'm going to play them just about the same way. Yeah, and, and they had commonalities. Consider that his love for Felicity, you know, is is something that has become overarching and drives him in, to, the, to the point where, hey, here's a thing not to do. Don't still focus at somebody's rehearsal dinner by proposing to your girlfriend. Oh, God, that pissed me off. That is such a Bush League amateur <laughs> hack I'm not thinking about it. narcissist move. I've never seen anybody do it, but I've heard about it where, yeah, you go to somebody's wedding. It's like, hey, everybody, I just proposed to, just to steal the focus away because yeah. there's a crowd there. It's not Cause, cool. Because you can't draw your own because you're zero charisma <laughs> douchebag. You hear me, Billy? No, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> And they I don't did think it. anybody ever. <laughs> and they they did it twice. They did it twice. Yeah. They did it at the rehearsal dinner, and then they actually did it at the fucking tiny wedding. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody learns nothing. Nobody. No, it's, it's superheroes. Uh, <laughs> fun to watch them punch Nazis. Not necessarily fun to watch them uh, have social graces. Right, but in in the case of of the Nazi Arrow, he also his his Achilles heel, as it were, was his love for evil Kara. Yes. And and there was concern about his commitment to Nazi motion. <laughs> yes. As opposed to my Achilles heel. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they were basically the same except. So yeah, the more I think about it, it, assuming it was a conscious choice, and I enjoy these shows and I like most of the characters, not Iris Allen, I like most <laughs> of the characters and most of the actors, uh, all right, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it was a conscious. Yeah, these guys are not that different. It's uh, circumstance. Yeah. So, all right. Because, yeah, I remember watching it going, it's like, he's just doing the same goddamn thing, whether he's a Nazi or not. Yeah. But, all right, I can I can get behind it if it was a conscious choice. And if it wasn't, don't ever fucking tell me. <laughs> right, well, he, he doesn't really return your phone calls, right? Almost nobody does. Okay. I mean, he hasn't blocked you on Twitter yet, but... Mom, can you send me a <laughs> telegram or something? I'm getting off the plane. Is somebody going to pick me up at Christmas? <laughs> Do you still live there? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, it wasn't perfect. Certainly, yeah, that wedding shit... Uh, I'm, was just uncomfortable. Yeah. I'll never see Metallo again without wanting to hide the bag of oranges. <laughs> I'm just not going to be able to. Metallo's O face. <laughs> Yep. The, uh, what was it? Oh, I also enjoyed actually, uh, Kara because she is no longer with Monel, which is a whole nother thing. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get too far into that now. But, uh, brought Alex as her plus one to this wedding. And Alex hooks up predictably with Katie Lotz's White Canary character. <laughs> yeah. And just the, the character work between them, the, the this the sister Christ why can't I think of her Alex. name Thank you Thank you Dogfish Head for making me re- <laughs> making me mental <laughs> And Sarah White Canary is Sarah <laughs> What are we talking about They boned <laughs> Comics What <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah but and Alex being so horrified because yes yeah, she's you know, even though she's a badass and a trained killer is basically a nice person uh, Yeah who's still very much coming to terms with her sexuality and just getting over the, her first real love. And yeah, the way they played that versus, yeah, much more casual. It doesn't matter. Uh, I'm bisexual and I do what I feel and it's... Uh, yeah. 
it's it's not the end of the world and not serious and but you seem like a nice person. It, it <laughs> Is was this really be a thing? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was kind of nice to see Alex Alex's more goofy side. <laughs> yes, and we saw Ray Palmer in Biggin. Yes, because somebody saw Ant Man. Yes. <laughs> well, no. To be fair, to be fair, he embiggened first before Ant Man dropped that summer, or before um, I'm sorry, before Civil War dropped that summer. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Adam he did has ever done that. No, That's... on the show he did. Uh, yeah, but I'm talking about the comic book. You're right. On the show he did. The yeah. comic book Adam never okay did the Ant Man to Giant Man right. It's there's no reason he didn't, except probably that somebody said shit. Marvel thought of it. Well, they'll think we're stealing it. Yeah, no, but this this particular he only embinged his arm in this particular episode, which made me think of Ms. Marvel, like how how she does that. <laughs> which is making me think of Adam in the way that Banky from Mallrats thinks oh, of God. the thing. <laughs> uh. Amanda's giving me such a sad look uh. right now. <laughs> It's like I thought you were one of the cool ones, and you're not. You're just not. Sure, sure. I think that's what I'm thinking. That's that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Irish. I just want to have comic book hope. Okay. Okay. Um. Any other things we we haven't brought up? It just it was it was a good two nights. The nice thing about it, it was two nights. Yes. Yep. It wasn't a whole week's investment. It was uh, yeah, like two long movies. Yeah. So, Two nights, and then we're done. And then if you want to re- rewatch them, you have them on your TiVo. Otherwise, you move on with everything in your life. <laughs> I don't have much. I burn my family alive, and I like to light things on fire. That's not the one I want to depress. I'm an alcoholic. They're very close to each they're other. Very, I, why would that be? Why would that be? Uh, they get a lot of use. Anyway, <laughs> I, and so yeah, it was... It was just a couple of big nights of you sit there and get a whole night's entertainment out of it, and it was as pure an embrace of just being an old-school comic book story the way comic books have been since they were created, as I've ever seen on any screen. They embraced all the tropes. Superheroes fight Nazis, the big wedding scene, the the crossover. It took all those iconic moments from comic history and just threw them up with no irony. It's just we're here to have fun. But that's been sort of the CW's approach to the DC universe all along. They're superheroes. They wear brightly colored costumes, and, and they're happy to be there for the most part. I My, mean, Arrow gets a little angsty, but... Yeah, m- minus the first two se- uh, seasons of Arrow. Yeah. And I will stand by the second season of Arrow as being magnificent, but yeah... Angsty. He's angsty. It took uh, the gamble on the Flash <laughs> to, to really be like, okay, yeah, we can just make them superheroes. Yeah. That we can make Arrow Green Arrow. Right. He's not the hood. We don't have to do Christopher Nolan type stories. Yep. It, it got us our check written. Now let's do this other stuff. Right. And and it worked great. It it was it was as much fun as I had watching superheroes on almost anything in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, oh God, how are they gonna save the DC cinematic universe? Give them to Greg Berlanti. Yeah. Yeah, maybe not Andrew Kreisberg. Maybe you want to keep no. him out of it. Oh. <laughs> but Greg no. Berlanti, yeah, give it to him. That'll be fine. All right, anything else? We're not going to talk about any comic books. We wound up taping this late, and we bought the comic books this week, but I have not read them yet. Yeah, but we will read them, and we will talk about them at some point. At some point, (laughs) yes. (laughs) From last week's polls, I liked Barbarella. From last week's polls, and I forget the issue number, uh, the latest Batman, the first issue of Super Friends, which sounds stupid. But uh, I know Tom King Batman and emo Batman, but... 
that really explore the beginning of an exploration of why these two characters who have not really been friends for a long time in the DC universe actually would be. And maybe even though their friends are not close, Mm -hmm. it was really pretty solid. I saw, I saw some excerpts of panels from that. So I, I'm, I'm down for it. I just have to actually get around to reading it. Yeah, it's it a, is good storytelling. It's it's laid out well. I, I would have liked to have talked about it uh, had we been able to do the show on Sunday as yes. opposed to Thursday night, literally probably 48 minutes before it goes live uh, <laughs> because I was asleep most of Sunday. Yes. <laughs> so. All right. Anything else on Crisis on Earth X? No, or, I, think, uh, I think we covered everything. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, we do have uh, guests set up uh, for a Last Jedi episode, uh, which we'll be, uh, we'll be recording this weekend mm-hmm. uh, with comedians Benari Poulton, Ross Garmiel, and Greg Bogus. Uh, we should be releasing that on Monday, December 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be dark the following week, which should not be a surprise to anybody at this point, considering... How difficult it sometimes is to get the show up, but yeah, because of the uh, because of the holiday, uh, will be dark. But uh, I've got a lot of time off the following week, so we should be able to have a show up for the end of the year. Yes. Uh, will that be the crises? Who knows? Yeah, we've tried <laughs> to keep track of stuff better this year. We'll see how it plays out. I set up a spreadsheet. I put in one thing. Uh, I put in a couple. I think it was in July. I, I I remember when I was trying to keep track of what I liked for comic books this year. I put in uh, Shaolin Cowboy. And then I don't think I've added anything since. Okay, so we know America. Uh, we know America's. <laughs> we know Amanda's best pick. Uh, maybe because there's other ones that I've like two cents, and I just never put them into the spreadsheet. Ah, uh, I'm looking at a uh, Doomsday Clock number one in front of the board. Uh, I don't think it's on my list. No, that is not on my list. Better than I thought, but uh, yeah, no, not on my list. All right, so should we wrap it up? Let's. Okay, so don't know where you found this particular episode, but you can always find us at our home website, CrisisOnInfiniteMidlives.com. Uh, where else can you reach us? We're on Facebook. Facebook page is uh, facebook.com slash crisis on infinite midlives. We are on Twitter. Twitter handle is at infinite midlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Tumblr, crisis on infinite midlives.tumblr.com. Uh, where else are we? We are on iTunes. You can subscribe to the show through there. Uh, also, if that's how you like to get your podcast, uh, you can give us a review, give us a rating. It would help new people find the show. Mm-hmm. We are on Google Play. We are on uh, Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, and you can always email us, crisisoninfinitemidlives at gmail.com. Did I leave anything out? I think you got everything. Was there a single one I didn't slur? Well, the jury is out on that. (laughs) In that case, uh, I think I'm out of beer. Time to open some more. It's been episode 167 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening and derp. I'm just looking. I realize I have all these buttons. I don't have a metallo filter for this is my old face. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think somebody needs a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.